Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for the week ending on August 11th. My name is Ian Saunders. I'm joined as well again in person this time by David Clark. And then for the first time, Trevor, it's, it's, it's good to have you in here. Thank you for having me. It's Trevor, a pleasure. Trevor was uh, our intern here for the summer. Being it's last week, we figured we'd get him in front of the camera just to send him off in the sunset with, 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 a, good, with a good memory there. So um, hopefully it should be good. Before we dive into some of that conversation, though, um, I think it is pretty I mean, important to come in and take a look at some of the market movement we've seen over the course of the past week. Um, in looking at movement for uh, the S&P 500, we're saying I mean, trailing seven days, the S&P down 1%. Headlines would probably lead you to believe that that was a little bit worse than it was. Than it actually was, so. for sure. Right. Um, I mean, we're still looking at a default chart of the S&P 500 that's on six consecutive buy signals. You're definitively in a positive trend. Breaking back through to new, um, at least new 52 week highs during the during the month of months of June and July. There ticked up to that 4600 chart level and then pulled back from overbought territory. All things considered, it's a pretty healthy looking chart. Babe. Well, and in many cases, when we got calls this week or early this week about oh the indexes are falling, U.S. stocks are falling. And looking at that wide variety of indexes right now, it's only the NASDAQ indices and Russell 2000 that you've seen give a sales signal. But even then, it's in the confines of a strong uptrend. One of the old, old adages that if anyone who's followed point and figure for years is typically that first sell signal in a really strong uptrend is false. So would that type of sell signal on the chart of the Russell and even the NASDAQ composite NDX really worry us at this point? Not quite, because... Really, we've seen most uh, all of those indices pull back right to the middle of the trading band, much like other U.S. equity indexes exhibiting that really we're finally getting that exhale that it feels like we've been waiting for it for the past three or four weeks, honestly. So I think this is this is maybe what folks are we're waiting for in terms to try and look to add exposure. But when it finally happened, it sort of was, well, wait, is this rally going to still have enough left? And, and technically speaking right now, we have no reason to think that that this is the rally is ending by any means. We're still considering this just that healthy consolidation pullback to normal levels. Where now we would honestly say some of these charts have normalized, right, right. Ways, I mean, rather than being extended, which was the conversation for the past month. Right, I and mean, you're looking at a lot of these areas. I mean, you've talked about it before. A lot of these, especially tech heavy, semiconductor areas, got so extended throughout a lot of that rally kind of pull back. We've also seen volatility kind of pull back a little bit too. Um, I know one of the indicators we pulled up last week or one of the indexes looking at, we looked at the one point chart of the VIX, which we'll put up again on the screen for those that are following on YouTube. Um, the VIX had given three consecutive sell signals on a one point chart, really definitive negative trend that you can see on that chart really since March of this year, bounced up a little bit, gave a buy signal on that chart, got to the 18 level, touched that bearish resistance line and turned right back around and swung lower with movement this morning. So I think that's another thing too, is that you're seeing, you're not seeing the massive spikes in, in the base. You're seeing, I mean, it's been really consistent movement. We saw consistent movement for the past several, several months up to the outside. And now a little bit of kind of just consistent movement lower. I mean, you look at the, the like a 10 day chart, it's just stair stepping each day, right? Um, which is, I mean, healthy. Good thing to say. Well, in in many cases, when we're going outside of just looking at those index charts and looking at indicators, you still see many of these indicators, whether it's the bullish percent for the S&P 500 or a variety of other BPs and even uh, other indicators like the PTs and the RSNXs measuring those trending and relative standpoints. 
they're still at elevated levels. North of most are still north of fifty percent, suggesting that over half of the universes are still with their stocks trading on either point and figure buy signals for bullish percents. Um, I know for the case for the BPSPX is sitting at about sixty eight percent right now. So really. Roughly two out of every three stocks within the S&P right now still sits on a buy signal. So still seeing high participation. Again, all of this really builds that story of this is this is healthy. This is a healthy pullback as far as we're still considering right right, right now. Um, any further downside, further downward movement on these indicators and indexes might change our tune a little bit. But for the moment, we're seeing a lot of those support levels remain intact, trends remain. We're even seeing, in some cases, the relative shrink picture for some stocks continue to improve. Yeah. So that that's that's worth noting. And even even areas that, you know, this week, some and I will mention here in a little bit, some energy, but energy financials, those downtrodden areas have had a nice little pickup here recently. And yeah, yeah we'll uh, we'll get back to that here in a little bit. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I know. Trevor, you particularly kind of brought up that chart when we were just talking about what we were going to talk about before jumping in. But before, I guess we maybe let you look at some different areas or see what areas are important. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, where, where you came from, how you got to be an intern here, kind of what you've been doing. Sure. Um, so my name is Trevor Plesko. Um, I am a finance student at Christopher Newport University, and this upcoming year I'll be a senior. Um, I had the pleasure to be um, kind of a research intern here at Dorsey Wright this past summer, um, kind of helping out more of the equity research side, assisting with articles. Um, obviously, we have a plethora of different models here, and so I've been doing some back testing on those, um, maybe tweaking what we can do for some improvements, because that's always in our sites, and um, just kind of doing some backends, um, kind of data organization, make sure this place is running as smoothly as we can. Yeah, um, no, it's been great. You've been great on the data side too. I know that that's a, not necessarily a really safe thing to do, but it's a, when your machine starts smoking over there, if you're trying to run <laughs> so many Excel formulas, you, you know that you're putting in a lot of good work. Um, when you're, so you're relatively newer to technical analysis generally, right? Before kind of coming um, over the Dorsey right side, kind of like, what are your thoughts of it after, like, like would you find it being kind of helpful now? Or like, how do you, how do you see it kind of fitting into what, the way you're working at stocks? Um, I, coming from before this, um, I was a very little technical analysis background. And so it's been interesting kind of getting that other, um, aspect of analysis that I can incorporate with kind of the fundamental side. Um, I think the analogy we always use here is playing the piano with both hands, um, how we got up to drink the cooler. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's at its very worst, it's just an incredibly helpful tool for when to enter and exit positions. And when you kind of look at those levels of support and resistance, as well as the overall relative strength, it really can strengthen your overall analysis of different securities. And so um, personally, I think it's been a huge addition to my kind of research skills um, as an analyst. And so um, it's been a huge help overall. Um, so the past 10 weeks wasn't for nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you've been a great help for us, certainly. And so, I mean, when you're looking at the research platform, I mean, I we our research platform has a lot of different kind of like aspects to it, right? I know Dave and I each have our particular kind of set of indicators that we like going to. Um, so maybe let's kind of dive into some of that. Like, what do you what would you do when you're coming to the platform? As like a relatively newer user, at least compared to David and myself, like what what areas did you feel were cool to look at or helpful? Um, I think definitely for getting a, a broader macro um, level view of kind of what's going on in the market right now. Um, so, so looking, at some of those, looking at some of those asset class um, indicators, whether it be Dolly or some of those group scores, super helpful for getting a, a better picture of what's going on with the different sectors and asset classes. Yeah. Um, 
Um, so just looking at, um, recently we had domestic equities overtake um, international equities. And so just kind of getting a better picture um, through some of those metrics of what's going on with different asset classes helps um, definitely just with asset allocation and mm -hmm. just understanding the, the broader movements going on. And then from a more um, focused lens, um, it definitely helps um, using the security selection tool if I'm trying to find certain pockets of the overall market to target, um, whether that be filtering through our technical attribute scores or with the overbought, oversold levels, or if I want to look at certain consecutive um, buy or sell signals. Um, overall, I think combining those two aspects of getting a better idea of the overall broader kind of macro environment and then using that to then um, kind of narrow the search um, using some of the additional tools on the website, I think is um, kind of how I've been approaching um, mm -hmm. after my time here. So yeah, no, that's, and you've been, um, we've kind of had some, some back and forth different aspects of like the written research and whatnot, or just kind of tracking different areas that you've been suggesting that might be good areas to look at over mm -hmm. the past few weeks. Make some solid names to, to consider there. So I know that there's a is a, a quick runner there on the security screener side. David, I know that you mentioned the Dolly Dolly deal there. You mm -hmm. tend to look a little more at the group scores side of things, at least on Thursdays, right? At least on Thursdays, yeah. <laughs> and even this week, it, uh, I'm, I stay involved with group scores and Dolly and pretty very deep manner so yeah. uh, i got to spend a little time with trevor on teaching him the inner workings of the two and sort of behind the scenes and it is interesting as, as you sort of talked about you know coming out of school and and getting into to sort of more the real world application or real world aspects of it and i think you know all three of us have interned here. You and I were started out here as interns, so we still remember. Thanks, but yeah. man, it was, it, it, and it's eye-opening. It truly is. Sexual analysis is something typically, at least, I mean, in my educational experience, it, a lot of people don't want to teach about the, a lot of the technical analysis aspects. Right? There's tech, there may be one technical analysis class, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that, that's kind of the, the, the gist of a lot of the education. So it's different application for sure, but I mean, we find it to be very helpful. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, it's definitely a huge um, differentiator from other, um, like if you're looking at different analysts and you see one as technical analysis kind of in their portfolio or repertoire, I mean, that's that's a huge help. Um, right. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword where, yeah, it's it's not there just yet, but having getting ahead of the curve um, and getting in is certainly um, tremendously beneficial. It's not as much of a black mark as it used to be, I would say, across the broader space, too. I mean, yeah. it's a lot more, it's easier to see. And though, I mean, as the, the the environment becomes like kind of digitized and a lot of new places to look at, it's a lot easier for people to get access to it and, and see its usefulness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but maybe in diving into some of the different areas that we're looking at, um, Trevor, I know you were bringing up before, you were saying there's some pretty interesting movement in crude oil recently. Yeah, so if you look at our um, continuous crude um, index for which the, is what ticker um, CL backslash, um, and um, recently it's kind of been stuck at that eighty three dollar level, um, and just yesterday um, it broke through and finally got to that eighty four level um, with no more resistance until you get to that ninety dollar level. So could potentially see um, another rise. Uh, well, and at this point, it's something that. 
where we finally seen that that rally above 84 you know like you said there's not much resistance until 90 you've even seen it in some aspects looking on the energy equity side that it rallied up above the current sort of resistance level for it in that particular case like xle it stayed that it had been in place since about february so Mm -hmm. you're seeing these rallies out of these energy names and and it's kind of helped out in some aspects the small cap space it's kind of given it some resiliency here recently which has been interesting but i also think financials has been a part of that conversation for sure um even looking you know we mentioned group scores earlier and like i was looking at it today group scores had financials moving back above that three score level for the first time last week really since early part of this year and we're starting to see banks further improve as it's got the top score direction out of of any group or any sector at least um on the asset class group scores page right now so seeing some of those areas like energy like financials that you know, a month ago, we were looking at lower part of our rankings, weren't really given much attention to. They'd maybe given a buy signal or two, had to come off of uh, really any significant type of, of move above resistance. Now we've gotten it. Now we're getting that rally. And in many cases, what, what helps here this time is we've seen crude rally to this $83 level on three prior occasions, unable to break through it. And while it presented some training opportunities, you know, generally speaking, you would have likely avoided that sideways action with crude and a lot of energy equities. But we're now getting to the extent that it's breaking out, seeing those rallies above resistance, but we are a little on the extended side. Not even so much extended in terms of on the chart, but we're, we're extended to overwrought territory right now. So ideally, we would like to sort of see prices for for crude remain kind of here in the low 80s for for a little bit before potentially moving higher. That would give it some time to really kind of move into normal prices, if you will, and, and potentially help investors uh, in terms of dipping their toes back into it and, right. and possibly seeking to get exposure. So right now we would hit pause on looking to add to some of those maybe broad energy, broad financials exposure, even though there's been quite a bit of improvement, especially in the past two weeks, would still hit pause for the time being. Yeah, I mean, it's been consistent improvement. I mean, that chart crew oil is what you're looking at for consecutive buy signals. But like you said, David, I mean, your weekly revolver sold reading through movement yesterday, that's not including the one and a half percent move, at least at the time that's reported yeah. on Thursday, you're 90% overbought, right? So probably an area that you want to kind of maybe wait for some kind of a pullback and normalization there in the trading band. Broader energy stocks kind of story is the same, right? I mean, you're seeing that movement like XLE, like you said, but we're seeing, I think another important point you touched on is that, yeah, we're seeing some areas of the market have moved lower, pulled back, like we hit on at the beginning mm-hmm. of the podcast, right? Um, but you're seeing some sell signals be given on these charts, but you look like the BP and YSE has a reverse down to the O's even. You look at any of the positive trends, those PT charts, all of them, have, I mean, with PT and YSE took higher yesterday. I mean, you're, you're looking mm-hmm. at those that are continuing to advance. I mean, so at the end of the day, when you're seeing these areas like financials, you're seeing areas like energy um, broaden out. I mean, it's it's kind of it's good to see increasing breadth across the broader marketplace from a longer term perspective. While you're seeing some of these names that were frothy pull back, right? Absolutely. Um, even some of those other did an indicator that I did want to hit on. Um, even some of those those stocks that did see such significant runs. I mean, the tech space was mm-hmm. really. The, the leader is number one scoring. It's on number one sector in the dollar sector rankings. Um, but you look at like a relative strength, the relative strength positive for technology. So looking at the percentage of stocks that are on our, are on an RS5 signal 
against the market on their relative strength charts in the technology sector. So I know that's a lot of caveats, but it's looking at tech stocks on a relative strength buy signal on their on their respective RS charts. Um, you're seeing that indicator sit at 40%, right? When you're looking historically, when we see peaks in that period, you're looking at what the 2000s, you got to 88%. When you're looking at 2003, you got to 74%. 2021, you got to 76%. We haven't even reached 50 yet right. on that, right? So, I mean, even some of these other areas that, yeah, they might be frothy on straight price movement, absolute perspective, they still have more room to run on a real strength perspective. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that notable outperformance. It has been sharp, but it hasn't been sustained to really see, like, okay, this is now an area that's had too much strength. Well, man, hold on a sec. Let's let's, let's mm-hmm. take a pause on that, too. Like, I guess something to kind of think about as we look toward movement, as we head toward the end of the summer here, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, that'll be keys in many ways right now. The confidence that we can hold is that many of the indicators are still high participation. While it's been downside action and obviously not all that far removed from 2022, it feels like any type of negative action is going to conjure up some sort of, oh no, here we go again, type of feeling. It's not giving that. That That's where we're conveying through those podcasts is that really at the moment, the indicators aren't telling us that. We're seeing this exhale to the extent that we're finally getting opportunity, a breadth of opportunity. So at the moment, that's a positive as we uh, wrap up our summer. But I believe that will do us for today's podcast. Yeah, I think the market's just going to be taking a breath. It's really just just depressed because Trevor's leaving us. has to be that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Trevor, you go to next school next week, right? And going kind of heading back down to where... Yeah, I got about a week um, until classes start up again. Okay. And so when you're looking at after school, I mean, what, what are you looking to do after, after school? Are you looking to continue? Have we scared you away from the kind of asset management area of it? Or are you kind of looking to dive more into that? Um, exact opposite, actually. Um, given such a great experience I've had here um, and all the fun I've had doing kind of the equity research side here, um, definitely would love to do something more in kind of that realm or the asset management kind of space. Um, so we'll see what the future holds for me. But right. Yeah. No. And we wish you the best of luck, certainly. And sure. All your future endeavors. You've been great having us here. And thanks for hopping on. I think we asked you what, like five minutes before the podcast, you want to jump on here. So I think thank, thanks for hopping on. I'm short notice here. So that's going to be a good crowd. Part. This is true. The true version of being thrown in the thrown in the pool and, and learning how to swim. We uh, like like Ian said, five minutes before we said you want to come do a podcast. Right, right, <laughs> right. We do, do typically plan things out a little bit further in advance for those listening. But um, it was good to have you jump on here, Trevor. Cool. Of course, it was my pleasure. And David, good to be back uh, sitting across from you in person here. Have As fun. always. And uh, to all listening, thank you very much for tuning in, joining us this week. And we'll be back to talk with you again next week.